Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Roy Cleves. Um, Roy, let's start by giving everybody uh, a little bit of a background, a little bit of your story, and then uh, we'll get into this. Yeah, for sure. I, I've always been interested in real estate and I guess it was way back in 1990, um, I, I, I looked at becoming a, a real estate agent and uh, that's when, you know, interest rates went kind of high, much like it is today. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, prices curved downward and I, I actually stayed out of the market at that time. So it wasn't until <clears throat> 1999 when I first bought my first investment property. And uh, from that point on, I realized I should also become a real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I worked on getting my license, still uh, took my time at it. And in 2003, I became a real estate agent, eventually a mortgage agent as well, and also a real estate broker. And now I have a team of um, eight real estate agents that work on, on my team in Kitchener-Waterloo. <clears throat> Ontario, Canada. And I have another team of uh, four realtors that work in uh, Burlington, Ontario, Canada as well. Awesome. Awesome. And um, from my understanding, you uh, in your in your days of investing, you've also invested in the U.S. a little bit? Yes, I was very excited to invest in the U.S. Um, you know, our winters here in Canada are, are so tough. We uh, We try to escape them. So pretty much every winter, uh, for at least a week, I would take uh, the kids and, and my wife uh, down to Florida. Yep. And, you know, I was looking at prices there and they kept going up and up. And this was in 2005, 2006, I was thinking of investing, but I wasn't quite ready. And then what happened is the market crash in 2007, 2008. So uh, I saw it staying down and it kept going lower and lower. And by 2009, I could buy a house for the price of what would be probably just the land. You know, I, I ended up buying uh, one of my houses in Florida for $55,000. That's a single <laughs> detached home in Davenport, Florida, near Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's worth a little bit more than 55000 now. <laughs> yeah. And, and the great thing is that, um, you know, at that time, the dollar was on par. I was like the right? perfect... Uh... Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of people were afraid because of the housing crisis and, and the, the subprime crisis that happened in the States. So <clears throat> they weren't interested in, in investing. And I saw it as, how can you go wrong? How can you have a place this inexpensive? And one of my goals was always to spend, you know, the winters in Florida as I get older. And ultimately, now I'm at that point where I can do that. And I thought it'd be good if I had real estate in Florida. So not only did I buy that one, I bought two more. I bought one uh, the next year was 80000 and the year after that was 80000 I think the third year, which would have been like 2011, I had to pay a 5% premium because of the exchange rate. Oh. <laughs> but it was still an amazing deal. And they were easy to buy. They were what they call REO, right? Uh, bank owned, yeah. real estate owned by the banks. So uh, they were quick closings. They were easy. I just sent them the money and it was done. So with those... um uh i'm guessing you bought all those in cash you didn't do any financing did you ever go and refinance them or you just still left them in cash 
I still left them in cash. I, I did sell one. <clears throat> I sold the very first one that I bought. It was in the Poinciana Villages, you yep. know, rather than in Davenport. So it was a little farther away from Disney. Still a great location. Yep. Uh, ultimately, I just thought I would reuse some of uh, the money here in Canada. So yep. I sold that one for 230000 <laughs> that's okay after buying it for 80 right yeah. and it, it cash flowed great for me all these years and in many ways um you know maybe i should have kept it because it's nice to have u.s cash flow because then you have it for your vacations right oh exactly <laughs> i love it <laughs> and, and just as the the dollar changes like right now like you're like oh it's so expensive to buy u.s dollars so i just use my u.s accounts for that exactly. and then whenever it goes the other way i'm like oh, i'll use the canadian accounts or you know and just you can you have the option if you have money in both spots i should tell you how i financed them though because that was your question right yeah yeah so i did send cash but i didn't have all the cash and what i mean by that is i used a line of credit okay <laughs> I had a line of credit on my house here. Yeah. And so what I would do is I would just write the check from that line of credit, wire the money directly down to the States and then, you know, pay it off over the year. And then the next year I'd be like, okay, I can go buy another one. Right. Makes a lot of sense. So when you're paying it off, um, are you bringing money back like based on your uh, rent every month or do you wait and just do it in <laughs> chunks? I actually bring back uh, the rent every month. So yeah. uh, the great thing is, you know, uh, when I bought these properties, I was not there to physically buy them. I bought them as a true investor where I trusted my realtor. I trusted the home inspector. I trusted my property manager and they did it all for me. So they made it easy. And in fact, even though I bought them, you know, in those early years, it wasn't until like two years later that I finally drove down to Florida with the family again and actually drove past the outside. I still didn't go inside because they're tenanted. I don't want to bother the tenants. Yeah. And it really doesn't matter because they're just excellent cash boxes. And I do get to see the inside from the reports the property manager send me with pictures and what have you. Yeah. Right? yeah. So one of them, the first one you, we were actually using for like some personal use as well, or did I mishear that? No, I, I never used any of them personally. They were all just rentals and still have been. And I've never been inside any of them ever. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I I used to have that claim to fame for quite a while that I'm like, I haven't seen any of the properties. And then I, uh, I flew into Kansas City a couple of years ago and then I went and walked some of my properties, but they had tenants in them and everything else already. And I uh, I went down to uh, Ohio uh, uh, a couple months ago in the summer and then uh, I went and walked like, I don't know, 15 or 20 of the properties and yeah. I've seen them now. So I can't say I've never been in them, but yeah. I I didn't need them to buy them. You, you don't need, if you have a good team, you don't need to buy them. You, you well, need and them. especially like I, you know, I was thinking maybe in the future I would stay in one of them. And I was even considering it most recently for this upcoming winter season. Ultimately I decided, you know, I'm just going to keep them as rentals. They, they flow really well as rentals. Um, I get a check each month in, in the mail from my property management company, and I just put it in my U.S. savings account here in Canada, and it works out great. You should have almost done that last year, because last year we were all in all that lockdown stuff, and uh, Florida was open. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You probably would have got COVID, but uh, you would have <laughs> been able to walk around and do stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I did visit Florida, um, and I did enjoy not having to wear a mask there compared to Canada. <laughs> It was it was a little weird the first time I went down there like right uh in the middle of COVID as well and I was just like 
and you're or you're walking around or you're you're on the plane plane it was mandatory but then everywhere else they didn't really wear it the, the yeah. uber said you were supposed to you got a warning when you logged in make sure you wear your mask and you get in he's not wearing his should i do I have <laughs> yeah, to do the this driver, the driver says it's okay go yeah, ahead don't worry about it he's like i was like oh i broke one of the straps on my mask he's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like you're from up north aren't you <laughs> oh Cool. So you, you've kind of grown this and you, you you just keep these things rolling. Um, so you haven't done any any recent stuff. You bought whenever the prices were right. There this could be uh, there could be a similar opportunity for people to do this same thing right now. Um, I think there will be. When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. A 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching. Yeah, you know, I was just reading on the internet because of the latest hurricane, Ian, that uh, there's a good chance that there'll be some price drops in Florida. And of course, interest rates are going up and we've seen how that's affected the prices here in Canada. And I am watching uh, because I do plan to buy another Florida property, the one that I will stay in each winter and then I'll Airbnb it when I'm not there during, uh, you know, the summer and the other seasons. And uh, prices are starting to uh, go down. I start to get notices from Realtor.com that say uh, this one has price dropped, right? <laughs> so. Well, yeah, like the um, the, some of those people who are using like you know their, their t- typical FHA lending, right, where they're putting down like three percent on the house. They used to pay like three and a half percent, and now they're up into the, almost seven. So yeah. it's uh, uh, you know, if they're renewing, they're in trouble because um, their payments have changed. Unless yeah. they've locked themselves into one of those thirty-year mortgages, there's a lot of uh, uh, as people renew. And so the thing is, like, some of this impact won't come until the renewal period hits. So it's going to kind of stagger out. For sure. Um, so yeah, there there is op- and the the hurricane stuff. Yeah, there's going to be tons of opportunity from that. There's all kinds of uh, people who haven't put insurance on their properties yeah. uh, <laughs> that, that are in, uh, up, you know, waist high in water uh, if you're oh on the uh, Gulf so, Shore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they really wish they had insurance, right? I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> take a big risk if you don't have insurance. So, Roy, you also uh, wrote a book. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll touch on your book. Yeah, sure. Thanks for that. I, I wrote this book called The Accidental Real Estate Millionaire. It is available on uh, Amazon if you search the title or if you search my name, Roy Cleaves. And the reason I wrote this is just kind of my story. And I'll also provide it free to all of your viewers. All they have to do is uh, send me an email to RoyCleaves at gmail.com. So it's just my name at gmail.com. And I'll send them a PDF for free that they could read it. And it's really how, you know, from becoming a real estate investor, which is the way I started even before becoming a real estate agent, and yeah. how opportunities in this business show up, right? And you just have to um, say, okay, yes, I'll take that opportunity, right? And I think, you know, some of the biggest advice I can give people, especially for investing in the U.S., is they're going to feel some fear, Right. And and it's simply because it's a different country and, uh, you know, they worry about everything from uh, values to hurricanes to tax issues. However, my advice is feel the fear and do it anyway. It's going to be good for you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's pretty much what I did, not only investing in the USA, 
but also in uh, Canada as well. And so that's that's what this book is about. And so many of um, the properties that I got into, you know, just accidentally came to me. And a lot, often was from some of my clients, right? They would say, I'd be telling them, okay, here's a good investment. You should buy it. And they would say, well, why don't you buy one as well? This would be a new build, right? Why yeah, don't yeah. you buy the one next to me? And I was like, yeah, I should. And really, <laughs> I'm so focused on transacting real estate as a job, yeah. right? That I didn't realize I should really be focusing on making money in investing. And actually, over the years, I've probably made more money on investing, you know? Yeah. The market's done a lot of it for us too, right? Yeah, it really has, right? It's really had a great run up. No, I, I love that. I, and, and that's a lot of times I think the same thing is whenever it's, uh, you know, I want to buy a bigger multifamily, I want to do something bigger. And it, it, you get that fear and you're like, you know, that's your, you know, you're, you have that natural fear that's going to come and you're like, no, it, this is telling me that it's something, it's the next step. It's the next and that is what has also happened for me because now I'm actually building multiplexes. Exactly what you just mentioned. I just finished building two eightplexes out in Halifax. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with COVID and everything, it definitely took longer. It cost more than we anticipated, but the market made up for it all. So at the end of the day, it's worked out to be a great investment. And my next step now is to build uh, 250 townhomes uh, along the same area. And, you know, that is so huge that we got to take it in chunks. We're going to build like 32 at a time. <laughs> that's still a big chunk. <laughs> so um, you've, you're building these multiplexes in uh, Halifax. Um, how does that kind of go? You go buy some dirt, you hire some contractors, get some permits, like maybe walk us through some of that. Yeah, really, um, that is pretty much the steps, right? You got to decide where you're going to build. And so then you you buy the acreage that you're going to need, and then you want to have uh, you know an architect do up the plans for you so that you know exactly what you're going to build. Yep. And of course, you want to do your research and your due diligence along the way to make sure that it's going to make sense. Then you put together a budget, right, on what all of this is going to cost. And of course, all of that's some research. And then um, you want to make sure you hire your your builder, right, your general contractor that's going to run it all because. I am not even handy. I don't even fix a plumbing issue here. You know, I always <laughs> call someone <laughs> no, for all my properties. But once you hire that general contractor, you review the budget, uh, then you go for financing, right? And then so once you know you've got your financing in place, um, then you, you basically you go for your permits with the uh, region uh, that's responsible for the land, uh, get any permits that you need, and then you can start building right away. Cool. So for the, like when you're working with a bank, there's going to be a deposit that's required on top of like just the bank lending you the money, especially if you're working in Canada. Um, so when you're doing that, like, are you working with, with joint ventures, private money, are you using your own money? Well, who, where is that extra money coming from? Yeah, most of that, uh, you got to start with your own money. They're looking for you to have some equity into the project, of course, right? Yeah. So uh, definitely your own money and maybe a joint venture partner's money. Yeah. Um, and then what happens is then they'll, they'll start to give you a construction loan, but you still have to prepare the land. And, and trust me, that can be very expensive, right? You got to remove whatever trees are there. You got to uh, do the excavation to level it out. You have to start the foundations. <clears throat> it's only after you've kind of got some foundation poured that they're, they're going to they're say, okay, here's your first draw on construction funds. Now you're starting to build, right? And then they only give you 65%. So you're always putting money into the project. So you want to make sure you got enough financial backing, um, you know, either from a private mortgage 
or a joint venture partner or your own funds uh, to make sure you don't run out of money. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, 65% on a, um, a construction loan. That's a, you're, yeah, you're coming up with a lot more money. A lot of times I'm doing 90% in the US. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> you're, you have to come up with a lot more of the money <laughs> than oh, I do. Oh yeah, and, and you know, these things cost like a million and a half to build. So you're only getting 65% of that. So there's hundreds right. of thousands you have to come up with. So you're going to get this land. So you're going to have to run the plumbing and everything or are they on sit, uh, streets where that's, you just have to get it from the road in? Yeah, that, that is the way that it is set up where we're building. Um, it does come from the road and, you know, we have to pay for them to bring it in and, and finish it up. Um, but it is already there. So it's um, not as expensive as if you were in the middle of nowhere where you <laughs> bring it all the way in. <laughs> And, and doing this, um, this is probably not a beginner step to go straight to uh, development, right? A lot of times, uh, like you were, you were, what kind of stuff were you doing in Kitchener or whatever before you, you built oh, yeah. up this? this? This is years and years. I've been, uh, you know, a real estate broker now for 20 years. And, and really, I wouldn't be doing this without the right partners. So the thing is, you know, you, you grow with the network that you keep, right? They say that your network is your net worth, right? Yep. And it's true. The more you connect with people, and if I hadn't connected through my business partners with these builders, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know, building these products. Um, when I started in uh, Kitchener, you know, I, I started with single family homes. Yeah. And I, and I still own almost all of them. You know, there's only the odd one I, I sell for a particular reason. And then I reinvest in real estate because that's where I want to put my money. And uh, so if I sell one, I put it back in. I, I don't go buy a boat or anything. <laughs> I go buy another property. Um, and so single family is, is the easiest way for me to start because I understood it, right? And I felt, you know, if I I'll rent it for a while and then I could always have my kids use it if they need a place, right? <laughs> Uh, ultimately kids are okay. They're on their own. They picked their own places and they kept all my rentals. Eventually my next step was to move into multifamily. Multifamily makes a lot of sense. And even as a beginner, you could go right to multifamily as long as the numbers work for you. Because with multifamily, you, you generally get more cash flow, right? And you have less expenses because you only have one furnace, one roof. You know, it, it's generally much easier also to manage. Um, so multi multiplex is uh, the way to go uh, next, in my opinion. And then you know development that's a that's a longer road, and you gotta you gotta save some money. I had twenty years of making money and saving some money to put towards it, right? So uh, definitely, it's something that you want to do when you have a more experience and you've met the right people that you know can help you with that. So to go way back to the start of our conversation you mentioned that you don't do plumbing or you don't you hire your stuff out so now um what does your team look like and what parts do you have to do and what parts do you farm out and, oh, well, who's, and who's your members of your team yeah well that's that's the great thing is that you know having a, a team i've been able to uh, make myself the ceo so i i do very little of the day-to-day um, activities now and that allows me a lot of time to look for the next deal and even manage some of the paperwork that goes along with all of these uh, developments that I'm working on right and it allowed me to travel a lot which is really nice <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh, one of the key members of my team is my son uh, one of the things I started um, after my first investment was I started just managing my own property 
Yeah. And then I managed the next one that I bought. And so I became a property manager. And one of my investors said, Roy, please manage my properties too. Well, then the word gets out to all the investors I'm serving. Next thing you know, I got this property management company, right? <laughs> and I'm running it and it's starting to take up more and more time. And I'm like, okay, I'm I need my son to take this over. So uh, my, I trained my son and he's now been looking after property management for our team for uh, seven years. And he looks after over 80 units. And uh, it's really nice because the one thing about being an investor is if you do your own property management. You might want to in the beginning with your one unit because it's that one unit, you're very proud of it, that kind of thing. And you want to keep your costs down. However, when you get more, at some point very quickly, you want to get property management. And the reason for that is because psychologically, when you get calls from tenants, it's always a problem, right? They don't, they don't call you and say, everything's going great, man. I'm so happy I'm renting here. By the way, I'm sending you an extra hundred this month. No, that never happens. Never happens. Right? <laughs> they call and say the dishwasher broke or, you know, uh, you know, there's some issue. There's a skunk under the porch, whatever the issue, right? <clears throat> and the thing is, psychologically, if you don't have property management, you start to think, if I buy another property, I'm going to get more of those calls from tenants and you hold yourself back. But if you have property management, you're like, I'm just going to get another property. If there's any issues, my son will look after it, right? My property manager will look after it. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'll give you a, a, an excellent example of that. So out in Nova Scotia, we just had this, um, you know, storm come through Fiona, yeah. right? And it did a lot of damage. Um, so the property manager I have out there calls me and he says, uh, Roy, I'm calling and I hear these sirens going off in the background like they're uh, smoke alarms, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and he says, the roof came off, this fourplex <laughs> that I own out there, oh, oh, and water has trickled into the breakers and it, it's making all these sirens that you're hearing. I'm like, uh-huh. He says, uh, there's three inches of water on the floor in each of these four units. Uh-huh. He says, uh, we're going to have to relocate these tenants. I said, uh-huh. They said, okay, I'm going to send you the information for the insurance guy. Please give him a call, get a claim going. Please re relocate the tenants and thanks for calling. And then I go on and have a nice day. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty of it, where if I was managing it myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, now I got to relocate these so tenants. Work. I have to do all this incredible amount of work and, and I'm not even there. You know, so it's so freeing. So that's another piece of advice I would give you know, everyone who's investing and particularly investing at a distance is higher property management, have them look after things for you. It will give you more of a passive income in investing in real estate and it'll allow you in your brain to say, I'm okay to buy more. I'm not going to get calls from tenants. I love it. And so your son manages it in KW and then out in Halifax, you have a different team for your uh, KW team, what would be like a safe distance to be the property manager? How far away come from the properties would you say is safe? You, you know, we um, typically try to stay within about an hour. Okay. However, I did buy two units that I own up in Barrie, Ontario, which is about a two hour drive. Okay. And it's definitely more difficult. However, they're condos. So, you know, the condo corp can help out there. And, you know, I have a connection with all the realtors everywhere because we refer business to realtors there. So whenever I need help, I just call on my friends and, and they help out there. So that's a little bit easier, but I would feel probably something within, a, within an hour is ideal. 
makes a lot of sense. Um, Roy, before I let you go, um, you want to provide some uh, contact information if people wanted to track you down. Um, how, how would they do that if they wanted to have pick your brain or? Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. So easiest way is to, you know, just pick me up off the internet. It's Roy Cleaves, uh, R-O-Y-C-L-E-E-V-E-S, right? Just like the book here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if, even easier is to email me. Um, so they can just email me roycleaves at gmail.com. That's the best way. And I'm happy to return those emails. I, I love talking to people, as you can imagine, um, because I'm a realtor, right? So, yeah. and there's always opportunities that come from talking to people. It's a people business. That's all it is. It's That's contractors, it is. property managers, tenants, nothing but people everywhere, <laughs> joint ventures, uh, private and money. It's always a pleasure to see what you're sending, Glenn, and see the opportunities that you bring. So, you know, and I, I feel very fortunate to have been able to connect with you as well. Well, thank you. Same with you. We've been trying to hook this up for a while. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show, show, Roy. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care, Glenn. Bye for now.